more about speed than size. Hmm? Uncle will take you home after Uncle? Class. I'll see you tonight. Who is Uncle? Uncle Maya. Who is Uncle? <gasps> Pan up! Who? who? Oh, get, get out of oh, town. Damn. Get out of the town you are in. No way. <laughs> Confirmed. Yep. That's it? Confirmed. That's, That's it? That's all we're getting? That, oh, get out. Okay. No. He's got to show up. Get right. out. Get out. <laughs> Where's that? Shoot blue? up. He gets a blue arrow and she gets a normal arrow. Why shoot up? Oh, no way, no way, no, stop it, stop it, oh, oh my god, <laughs> she killed all those people, but it was so good, oh, oh my god, oh, it's for their five, how are they still alive, that was amazing, I, I, I love this show, I need uh, Scott Lane to show up later, this is just amazing, welcome back to New Rock Stars, episode three of Hawkeye not only introduced us to some cool new trick arrow shots and dove deeper into Maya Lopez's backstory, it also left us with questions like, who is Uncle, the mysterious Ooh. boss of the tracksuit mafia, and why is he absolutely uh, Wilson Fisk Kingpin, <laughs> also... Where did Hawkeye get all those wonderful toys? And if we can't trust a bro, who can we trust? What, what the, the Hawk? <laughs> this is Inside Marvel, our weekly deep dive into Hawkeye, our official Hawkeye after show. I'm Eric Voss, I'm here with MT. MT, this episode to me uh, congealed everything I love about this show. This is, a, this is an amazing show. I, oh man, I, I hell love yeah, dude. Like, we just got our first tease of Uncle Willie. Uncle Willie is pretty much, I mean, it's not confirmed, but come on. We know those cufflinks anywhere. That's Uncle Willie, Wilson Fisk. I'm so excited. I mean, yeah, like, when they said uh, Uncle's gonna take you home, I'm like, Uncle, take me home and do <laughs> with me what you will. What is that suited man doing in a karate academy if he's not K-Fan? I mean, look, right? we'll talk about it. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll get into it. Let's recap what happened in this episode. So we're mm. introduced to Maya Lopez, a young deaf girl, but with brilliant observation skills. This mm. I love this little kid so much. She's so sweet. This uh, cute broke principal my cheeks. Oh, yes. And like the relationship she has with her father, who is Zach McLernan, who has been uh, in Fargo season two in Westworld. He is an amazing actor. I love this guy. I love the casting on this show. Like this is clearly meant to draw a parallel or at least a, a comparison piece between the introduction of Kate Bishop, right? Who is right. Uh, a kid born with a silver spoon who also has this moment with her father. But like, whereas that is just supposed to meant like a world of wealth shattered suddenly. We have a similar thing here, right? Where William has some financial struggles. He can't send her to a deaf school. He's like, you're just gonna have to make it work, but here's how you do it. Uh, just like a true beautiful moment. Uh, and Maya, like Kate, is someone who seems to be groomed to be a warrior in this world. But mm. unlike Kate, is really having to work on it. She has to be like an independent person who does not have uh, a mentor, at least that we know of, but it is clear that uncle served that role to her, her and her father served that role to her, that uh, that Eleanor served to Kate. But I think the way that they're both groomed is just kind of creepy, and yeah. we'll find out more about that. MT, you had some thoughts about this karate <laughs> academy, right? <laughs> I, I love this school. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, let's be real, everybody. The MCU just introduced the most powerful character ever uh, ever introduced in MCU history. Uh, the little brown kid 
that uh, had to fight Echo. Uh, the way he took down uh, that other kid before Echo, I was like, whoa, my heart. Yep. I don't know if I can handle this too much power. This boy is they, he's powerful. He's <laughs> only a yellow belt, but uh, punching way above his weight class. Or way below, in this case. The restraint he showed um, when Echo walked up. And he was like, oh, I don't want to have to fight this girl. Like, this kid, mm-hmm. give him a spinoff. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, kid. he's only a yellow belt for mercy. He, he would be higher, That's but right. he's just like, I would kill everybody by accident, so I can't go higher than this. <laughs> That's it. Um, Well, Maya witnesses the Ronin killing her father, and uh, she has a vengeance brewing inside her. And we cut now to the morning after Clint and Kate's capture. The tracksuits, I guess, have spent like six or seven hours just forcing them to be on these mechanical... (laughs) And give uh, out relationship advice, apparently. (laughs) What is going on in that back room? Like, uh... (laughs) Echo's like, I have to listen to all six hours of this EDM. Uh, I cannot just wave off. I have a ritual. I cannot disrupt it. Um, yeah, those guys seem like laughable. Oh, like, I just feel like by the end of this series, they're probably going to be comic relief and we're going to love them. Because we are, I already I love think, them already. I think they're um, already comic relief. I just want to know why they need to spend so much time. Like, I think it's like this car chase scene we could only shoot in the morning. We want to shoot in the morning. That's the only time we could get the bridge for. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just implied they were hanging out for a while. But like, didn't beat them up during the time. I, I just thought that was fun. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, during this point of capture, um, Echo notices the hearing aid and then mm-hmm. decides to, you know, uncuff Clint so that he can sign to her. But he doesn't know sign language. But I thought it was like a clever bit of storytelling because now they retape his uh, his restraints and he's able to kind of like, you know cut his way out of it and once he gets his hands on his bow game over bro right. <laughs> what a delight to see clint go to town oh uh, my like god he, so cool have we ever seen clint use his arrows just on people this way like i guess hydra no. at the beginning of yeah. uh, of age of ultron but they were like in the distance and he was using mostly explosive arrows just like plugging arrows into people's shoulders and their backs and stuff like it was like yeah Oh yeah, like in hey, like in Clint himself says it in the episode. He's not really a role model. He just he lays that out straight up because he kills people. Yeah. He kills people as Roman. I mean, we saw him do arrows. that in Endgame for yeah. sure. But like, I feel like the sword was mainly his weapon of choice in Tokyo. Just seeing him do it with bow and arrow was kind of like we need to talk about Kevin a little bit. But I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, it's cool. It. More of that. Yeah. More murder. I don't think any of them died. None of them died. Insanely, none of the tracksuits. He got killed despite all the stuff that was thrown. Didn't Kate kill like one of those people like in the in the in a van or something? I mean, she must have. She must have. But like, no one seems to be licking their wounds that much. Like, our Mm. friends are dead. Like, none of that (laughs) happened. Just made me think like someone rolled out of that car at the right at the right minute. The fact that the giant pim arrow didn't kill uh, several people on that bridge is insane to me. It should have took out that bridge. Let's be real. should have gotten taken out the weight and momentum of that arrow as it dropped out there's no way at least one of those suspension cables didn't pop anyway uh but this whole chase was just a delight to watch so good 10 out of 10 cinematographers 10 out of 10 we love you children of men swivel cam in the back seat oh boy oh boy we got to see all these different arrows i loved it uh now in the aftermath the episode really just needs to take a breather it feels like and it does like the rest of the episode is just people kind of unpacking what just happened (laughs) that chase was crazy (laughs) yeah 
Uh, Kazi warns Maya about Uncle finding out about her obsession with hunting the Ronin, which is interesting. Like, uh, uh, Uncle is not sanctioning uh their their pursuit of the ronin which tells us something uh clint gets his hearing aid repaired uh but he still keeps it turned off when he's talking to kate he's like uh, another rogers musical i just can't listen to it right it's like all right more youths talking gotta turn this yeah. off thank you hate it. uh we get a name for the dog pizza dog pizza dog Woo! Other pizza uh we'll see if that's the name by the end of the series i have a feeling they're gonna settle on an on a different name um um, but then they go into Eleanor's flat and uh, they go on her computer. We learn that Kazi is an employee working for a company called Sloan Limited that is in their database. Now, uh, you know, the Bishop Security has a database of everybody working for everyone, it seems like. Like, it doesn't mean that Sloan is some shell company under Bishop Security. But I'm just saying that the name they had before was a former Bishop Security employee. And mm. now they know, like... Why would they know of the employment status of people for other companies if they aren't connected to them in some way? Mm. Um, or unless they were investigating them for some reason. It's just Sloan Limited. We'll talk about what Sloan Limited might be. But the episode ends when Jack discovers them holding Clint's own Ronin sword to his throat. <gasps> what happens next? Um... So we're going to talk about who this mystery uncle figure is. All the kingpin clues we have seen so far. MT and I are going to break down uh, that sleeve. We're going to look real close to that hand. Mm -hmm. Listen close to that laugh. <laughs> uh, we know you guys are. The first, our merch partners at Epic Hero Shop have a brand new latest obsession shirt inspired by Hawkeye, and you can get it at NewRockStarsMerch.com. It's a limited edition shirt with a really cool design. It's subtle. It's great. It's like the, the perfect Hawkeye shirt that I wanted. Uh, you got to get your hands on it because when you get it, you'll get the added option to write in a custom shout out that will appear at the bottom of these Hawkeye after shows. Leon Jackson asks, hey, Eric, is there a chance Sharon Carter is the big bad behind the scenes of the Hawkeye series? Uh, there's a chance. Uh, there's a chance a power broker. I, I don't think that was uh, Emily Van Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Power Broker. <laughs> Uncle Power Broker. But I do think uh, that there. It's not definitively Kingpin yet. There, there's uh, other possibilities of who this could be, and I think Sharon Carter is at least uh, possibly associated with the people behind the series. Um, right, Britt asks, do you think Bullseye will return from Daredevil Season 3 mm. in Echo? What do you think about that, MT? I think it's possible. I mean, I, I think that, you know, well, granted, this universe is probably very much separate from the Daredevil Netflix universe, so we'll probably just see, a, a if anything, a Bullseye variant of um, Yeah, it Netflix. would be a different... I. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, Netflix still owns the rights to these shows. And, right. like, uh, there's only going to be so many characters who Marvel shelled out to to pass over into the MCU. Uh, or thought it would be worth it to do. And I think, I think it's most likely going to be D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox, if that even happens, you know. Hey, I also want Turk Barrett. Let's make it happen, Kevin. Turk from yeah, the Netflix get Turk series. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of good uh, faces. Christine Palmer, not to mention, of course, Jessica Jones and Luke mm -hmm. Cage and all those great folks. Uh, Kai from Scotland asked, do you think Yelena might join Kate and Clint in finding the killer? I hope oh, so. Might join? I yeah, really I, I think do. Yelena's on her own mission. I, I picture Yelena being the Ahsoka Tano of this show, who's just mm. going to show up one episode and then kind of go off on her own path. For sure, for sure. Yeah, she's she's gonna probably try to kill Clayton and just be like, "Oh no, it's a huge misunderstanding." Let's team up for an episode. Then I, all right, I'll see you in a future movie. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, MT, let's get into it. What's our big question from this episode? Well, Eric, we got to ask, who the hawk is uncle? You know, the boss of the tracksuit mafia who is, you know, completely... We've never seen this man before. What? A completely new character. Uncle. Ooh, I'm, what? Unfamiliar. I don't know him from uncle, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, well, of course, the go-to assumption is that this is going to be Kingpin confirmed, Woo-hoo! right? And, and nothing would make us happier to actually get that right. Woohoo! <laughs> um, but, you know, the evidence does certainly point in that direction, but mm. uh, we are going to get to some alternate theories just in case, because okay. I, I think you can make some alternate arguments for sure, uh, mm-hmm. other than Kingpin. Um, but let's, you know, remind ourselves what happened. Maya's father, William, tells her that uncle will bring her home after karate practice, and then mm. this dark-suited figure approaches. The sound editing makes his steps sound additionally heavy. Uncle will take you home after class. I'll see you tonight. <laughs> the only footsteps we hear in that moment not William walking away this big thick dude walking up to him <laughs> oh God, imagine if it's Thanos I would cry laughing it's <laughs> Thanos in a suit this like I'll pick you up after karate my face. <laughs> I'll be in the Toyota I'll minivan him. <laughs> yeah I, I have to drop by and run a couple errands first Home Depot <laughs> Uh, is only open for so long, but then he I'll just shows up, up and is like to Toyota Donut. He's like, beep beep, <laughs> come on, <laughs> we're going to Titan. <laughs> um, so he pinches Maya's cheek. He laughs. She smiles up at him. Uh, many are claiming this is definitively Vincent D'Onofrio's laugh. I don't know. I'm gonna have to listen to more talk show appearances before I agree to that. Like, I remember Ooh. Daredevil, you know, D'Onofrio was doing a deeper voice. Like, it, definitely when he laughed, if he ever did, it wasn't as much of a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. It was more of a ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if this is a D'Onofrio laugh. Hey, man, it seemed pretty good to me. I, I felt like he was here with us. A younger, a younger man, a 2007-era <laughs> Wilson Fisk, perhaps. Talk to me about these cufflinks, MT. Uh, to me, the fact that he had cufflinks was just interesting. I, it was hard for me to make out, at least before I dive into the breakdown of this, if that cufflink had any particular design. Did you see anything there? Hmm, I, I didn't notice anything super um, like interesting about the cufflinks themselves. Just like the whole image of him just standing because like he's standing there in a very vincent d'onofrio way i don't know how to describe it but if you've watched three seasons of daredevil you know how the kingpin his his whole aura is in like that whole him just standing there even if it wasn't vincent d'onofrio like the whole the way the suit was tailored the way it fits on him it's very kingpin. Yeah, I don't know t- how the tailored three-piece suit yeah I-, I was looking for the watch if he had that watch that would have been that would have like, been oh, it Game over. Uh, this is at least the guy who, you know, who sent the tracksuits in. I think either way, for sure, he does want that watch. Mm. Uncle wants the watch, whoever mm. the uncle is. Um, but let's step back for a second and recognize how weird this Brooklyn Karate Academy is from the earlier shots. Because we see, you know, Maya's father, William, revealed to be a tracksuit here. But there is another tracksuit that exits the door. And uncle is here for whatever reason. And that kid who your buddy throws to the floor... Is credited in the credits as young Kazi. That is Kazi. So I oh. think it isn't it isn't mentioned in the final version of this episode, but I think something was cut from the scene or has yet to be revealed. This could be where Maya and Kazi met 
And for whatever reason, a lot of uh, adult tracksuits either run this academy or all send their kids here. Mm. I think this, uh, as I said, was clearly meant to establish Maya as a parallel figure to Kate, but with some key differences. Both are children whose parents profit from organized crime, we think. But whereas mm. Kate got every opportunity to succeed, uh, groomed by her mother, Maya definitely had more of a struggle. Um, but might have been groomed in uh, similar ways to be child soldiers, to be warriors for whatever this empire is. Mm -hmm. I think the tracksuits and uncle are grooming children of this karate academy to be warriors and soldiers in their operation. And what does that sound like to you? I mean, uh, that's something you could see Kingpin doing for sure. It does sound also like the hand, right? Is it possible that like stick could be the hand who uh, who reaches out? Or if it's just like the fact that it is a hand that we first see. I mean, mm. Kingpin definitely had associations with the hand. Uh, there's there's lots of connective tissue here. What What's super interesting about this is that, you know, we know from Black Widow that, you know, the, the Red Room is all about grooming children. It's all about oh, grooming yeah. the, the, the youths. And maybe Kingpin found out about that. He was like, I want that for myself. Or like maybe he has to fight some Red Room people as part of his operation. Or maybe he's working with the Red Room. And like he's just like, yeah. hey, let's just find these girls, the best fighting girls to, to put them inside the Red Room. Who knows? But I feel like there's going to be some type of Kingpin involvement with the Red Room because we do have Yelena involved and we do, yeah. um, you know, have Black Widow um, as a factor. So, yeah. There's an argument that the the hand that uh, pinched her cheek was uh, Drakov, but I just think Drakov mm. wouldn't be in Brooklyn right here and caring that much about the tracksuits. He has, like, bigger stuff going yeah. on. If it is um, Drakov, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to keep it real yeah. with you, man. I don't... I, yeah. Drakov is, like, not my favorite Marvel villains. It is, please let it be yeah. Kingpin, for the love of God. Please. Yes, for the love of God. <laughs> Well, there's plenty of evidence that points in that direction, right? Uh, Ronan kills William at the Fat Man Auto Repair. Mm. I think that is interesting, right? Like, yes. that's their body shop. Like, why would they name it that? Like, you know. He got bodied at the blue. body shop by the biggest body yeah. of the month. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, yeah. Um, Ronan. Now... An interesting point here that Kazi warned Maya that they don't want Uncle to find out how obsessed she is with using the gang to hunt Ronan, meaning Uncle doesn't really care that much about Ronan or doesn't want to tangle with him. And on the other side of it, Clint suggested that the real boss of the tracksuits is not someone you want to mess with so that he must know who Uncle is exactly. He's just not mm. telling us yet. And in past episodes, he indicated that he didn't know how high this goes. The auctioneer said that the Ronan nearly annihilated the head of organized crime, meaning that Ronan, Clint, must have stopped mm. short or reached a kind of impasse with Uncle, whoever he is. Mm -hmm. And that Uncle might have some kind of, like, agreement with Ronan, some kind of, like, uh, uh, ceasefire. You know, mm. like, you don't attack my guys. Or maybe it's just that Black Widow recruited Ronan before he finished that mission of killing Kingpin, and Kingpin feels a bit grateful for that, you know? And, you know I really like that you brought that up, because, like, I don't know if you've ever played the Spider-Man PS4 game, but a huge uh, part of that is like Kingpin being like, I need to be in this city. Like the city needs yeah. me to function or else, you know, mm -hmm. the crime is going to go even worse. So maybe yeah. Clint made a deal. He was like, hey, you know, I could take you down, but it's going to make more problems for everyone. So I think I've taken down, like taken enough guys out. Just be cool. We're, we're good. I won't show yeah. up. And then he shows up and then he has to kill him again because he broke their deal. I like that. That's a really good idea. Yeah. You know, that's like, we forget that about Kingpin. Why mm. he's such a fearsome villain. Yeah, he's a huge guy. And he does just have this ability just to body slam people oh, and yes. destroy them just with his hands. He's Wide. fearsome in his own right. 
Um, he's a wide dude. Uh, but like he has that connection in New York City. He feels a sense of ownership and protection mm-hmm. of it. And everybody else who claims to be a vigilante or someone who's going to be a, a lethal protector or a friendly neighborhood, whatever, <laughs> he's like, get out of my city. You're making it worse doing what you're doing. Trust me. I got the connections. I can I can keep things from getting worse. I am the last line of defense from the greater madness, from the abyss. Um, now, last week, we didn't talk about this in our videos, but a lot of people pointed out that Eleanor's event is held at the same hotel in New York that was used as the shooting location of the presidential hotel right. that Kingpin buys in season three of Daredevil. Ooh. Often in New York, they shoot at similar locations. I, I didn't think that's smoking gun. I do think it is an interesting parallel, though, if Kingpin does end up coming into the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, like we said, like there was the whole Fat Man auto repair Easter egg. So yeah. I just feel like the show is very much thinking about locations as you know really important yeah. parts of the story. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of this stuff just seems to be lining up, but everything mm-hmm. else just seems to be like one way direction. It's not a solid link as it's Batman true. auto repair. It, it could point in other directions. Like I like the idea that they're in a boxing gym. I, I was looking for Fogwell's written somewhere on that. Oh my God. Gym. That'd be so cool. Didn't see it yet, but uh, like I also find it interesting that Armand accused Eleanor of aligning herself with some powerful friend to grow her empire, that Armand has his own powerful friends. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of big power players in this universe. We should also just like, you know, point out that it is interesting that Echo had so many associations with the dragon. Like that's kind of mm. her spirit animal. Her father said you have to be like the dragon. You have to transition from one world to another. Mm-hmm. And that's how you grow your power. I thought that was such a beautiful illustration of how she could use her deafness as a strength. But is it possible that there's any uh, associations with the Ten Rings there? Mm. Because this is all set in 2007 before the Avengers or Iron Man got on the picture. The right. Ten Rings were uh, kind of at the peak of their power around this time. Uh, I don't think that was Win Wu who pinched her cheek there. Uh, but could there be a link with the Ten Rings on this show? 100%. There's a, Ten Rings are a massive organization. They got their hands in so many pots. And they're in like the shadows, kind of like Hydra. They're kind of just working because that's how Win Wu likes to operate. So, yeah, there's a very huge chance that we could see some uh, Ten Rings involvement here. Because we're talking about this is a gang show. Christmas gang show. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> Hi everybody, I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. It's trying like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. Is there anyone else in the like? I'm just thinking it could be Uncle, could be Stick, it could be someone associated with Win Wu. Uh, I just mm. think Kingpin is like the most likely option. Like I'm, I know I'm hedging my bets a little bit here. Um, I just. Uh, to me, there's uh, it's hard not to read it that way. 
Oh, yeah. Like, I, I cannot think of anybody else. If it's not Kingpin, then, like, all of these obvious clues that they're shoving into our faces um, would be just... It would just be the, the biggest misdirect of all time. I just can't think yeah. of anybody else it could be. All right. Well, let's talk about some more questions we had coming out of this episode. But first, we want to thank our friends at Stance Socks for sponsoring this episode. Underwear Socks seems to be the bummer presents you threw to the side while searching for more fun gifts on Christmas morning. But Stance has changed all that with their comfy, colorful gear. They make the kind of socks and underwear where you'll be thrilled to pull out of your stocking. Stance's premium line of apparel always comes correct with color designs, innovative materials, and choice fits that are built to last. Their all-star collaborator lineup also sets the brand apart. They have really cool current collaborations with brands that new Rockstars fans will enjoy like Marvel, Star Wars, Batman, and Pixar. There's also some cool holiday-themed socks with Clark Griswold, The Grinch, and Buddy the Elf on them. So check out Stance.com for all the latest, including several different subscription options that are sure to keep your friends and family feeling great all year round. Stance is the perfect gift for every punk and poet on your list. Go see for yourself. It's easy. Just head on over to Stance.com and pick out some styles you think they might like. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Also, thanks to Helix for sponsoring this episode. You might lose some sleep because you're staying up late and watching the latest Hawkeye episode, but you shouldn't lose any sleep because of a bad mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I have a Helix mattress, and I love it. The quiz matched me with a medium-firm mattress with lumbar support that sleeps cool. The mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to the mattress store. Just go to helixsleep.com com slash inside marvel take their two minute sleep quiz and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life they have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it but you will helix is offering up to 200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside marvel also thanks to blue chew because guys there's nothing sexier than confidence and blue chew can help give you that confidence where it counts blue chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as viagra and cialis but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package, so if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, BlueChew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo code InsideMarvel at check out just pay the five dollars in shipping that's bluechew.com promo code inside marvel to receive your first month free visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information and we thank bluechew for sponsoring the show and finally we want to thank upstart for sponsoring us the one thing none of us want to be worrying about is looming specter of a big old credit card balance upstart can help lift that burden and help you avoid the debt demon upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online whether it's paying off credit cards consolidating high interest debt or funding personal expenses over half a million people have used upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score like your income and employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 dollars and $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com marvel. That's upstart.com marvel. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com marvel. All right, back to the episode. MT, I want to ask you, what the hawk is Sloan <laughs> Limited, the company that Kazi works for? 
That's a really good question. And I, it's a huge mystery because, like, I, I really want to know this as well. What we do know about, you know, Kate's mother is that she works as part of a security orga organization. So it's safe to assume that Sloan Limited is probably one of these um, clients that Kate mom does security for. I have this feeling that Eleanor, the, the sketchy woman that she is, um, is probably using her, her security influence to, uh, to actually do anti-security and do crimes um, on behalf of like your kingpins or all these organizations. She's probably working with organized crime and it's the perfect front. It's like, hey, if we have the yeah. security people on our side... Why not? But what's also interesting about Eleanor's database is that it's so expansive that it sort of gives me Project Insight vibes a little bit. Oh. Because um, that's Zola, Zola's whole deal is trying to, you know, find people, gather information to find out who to assassinate. And I was like, hey, yeah. Eleanor's mom has a little bit too much information. I don't know. Maybe that this is like a, a Hydra operation. Who knows? But what do you think Sloan is? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I looked up. I, there, there are some obscure Sloans in the Marvel world. There's Morris Sloan. There's Walker Sloan that are connected to right. uh, uh, Spider-Man Edge of Time. There's Frederick Sloan, who was like a human in a random Hulk comic. I, I think Sloan is just a name that's going to be specific to the MCU. I think it's a front company. I think it's a shell company. Mm. Uh, and I think it's just kind of the way that... Eleanor can put the tracksuits on the books and that she can mm. fund them to to do whatever she wants to do, you know. I think we're going to find out through the paper trail that, that Sloan is one of many uh, shell companies, one of many fronts that is on the Bishop Security payroll. And that Bishop Security is really, like many private security firms, into some shady shit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think... Uh, I don't think Eleanor is gonna be the one behind it all. I obviously she is partnered with someone, and I am curious that uh, Armand might have suspected it. Uh, I'm just worried what Jack is getting out of all this. Mm. I at first thought that Armand didn't trust Eleanor as a partner to Zach because he saw Eleanor getting flirty with the kingpin, you know, and that <laughs> with or whoever with Uncle is. And he knows what he saw. And she's like, whatever you saw. And he's like, ah, yeah, yeah, you're together. Um, <laughs> but, like, uh, this is gross to talk about. You know, this is normally the conversation we have. But is, like, Jack down with what Eleanor is doing? Is Jack a cuck? Mm. Is, is that, is, or is Marvel going to go there? Should we go I, there? Is that why people subscribe to this dope to talk about things and gross them out and their kids? I'm sorry for saying that. But I don't know. Tony Dalton's playing this so close to the chest. I, I could see it going a lot of different ways. So like just Jack being like evil and working with Eleanor is what you're implying? Oh, I mean, I think that's that goes without saying. Obviously, Eleanor has another more powerful partner in all oh. this. And I'm not saying that has to be sexual. I'm just saying mm. that I don't think that powerful partner is going to be Jack. He's obviously the red herring villain yeah, of this. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, like, Jack is, obviously, he's the swordsman. He's, like, pretty much a good guy in the Marvel comics. He's just an asshole. So, like, he's this is yeah. the very much uh, the red herring. But who is this partner? Hmm. I'm Yeah. It's, it's gotta and be is, someone. Is Jack jealous of that partner? Or I think he's just okay with all this. I think he's just being used. I think he's oblivious to everything Eleanor is doing and that he's just being used for his money or something. But he's I think just... he's too smart. I think he's too smart. Or maybe like all he wants is that freaking sword. He, but he's I, a huge he he's a sword stand, man. Straight up sword stand. All he cares about is swords. And uh, just, <laughs> I, that's I, I honestly I think that this is his only concern is the swords. Um, and he's uh, just Jack, here for the Jack, ride. We can set you up with a credit. No, 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 no. I just want the sword. <laughs> Jack, you, you can 
take over all of Staten Island. No, no, no. Just what I would like to think that him and Eleanor's relationship just started with her promising swords. <laughs> and he's just like, whatever, I'll do whatever you say. You can have my money. He's paid I just in a big swords. duffel bag of swords. He's like, oh, you got this from Galaxy's Edge. You build a saber. It's cool. <laughs> Like or literally the first meetup after the the Tinder messages, she just brings out the box, the bag of swords. <laughs> this is how our relationship is gonna go. <laughs> when he goes to the I, bank, like, um, can you pay me in sorts? <laughs> can you cash this in little sorts and big sorts? I have a, a check for a million dollars. I don't want money, just swords, please. <laughs> just uh, all the swords you have in the back, really. <laughs> Let's talk about Maya and William. What the hawk is their story? Was Maya born this way? Did Was there some incident that caused her to lose her foot? I found mm. that to be a fascinating reveal. And I love that the way that they use the, the backpack and the wide shot to just kind of mask that uh, her other foot. And then mm. they reveal it as she's walking up. That was uh, a, and then I William like seemed to be in some kind of debt, you know? He had some kind mm. of debt to, that he had to work off. Are we going to revisit this? Or is this the only flashback we're going to get? Uh, you know, I think we're definitely going to get more flashbacks. Flashbacks. Um, and like when you, this is just a random thing, but when you brought up the gym, I was like, we're totally going to see Matt Murdock, kid Matt Murdock, apparently, like at, at some point. Oh, yeah. Because she does mention like going to a school with people with disabilities and like, it would just yeah. be weird if we didn't see a, a child Matt Murdock. But anyway, in regards to Myron and William's relationship um, and how she lost her foot, I think that there's probably, you know, similar to how, you know, Hawkeye becomes deaf. Maybe there was an explosion and she became deaf and lost her leg in that explosion when she was a kid, um, which is terrible to happen to a kid. That's really sad, especially a kid as adorable as that child actor. But, you know, it, it's possible that she just as deaf because of an accident. And then uh, Wilson Fisk, the other Will in her life, was just like, hey, I'll help you out if you do crime. And you're like, sure, why not? Um, but yeah, what do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. We know very little about this era of MCU history before 2008, before the first Iron Man, right? Shang-Chi mm. started to explore it a little bit with the Ten Rings in China. Right. Uh, Black Widow uh, revisited around this time, I believe, is when uh, uh, Natasha targeted Drakov and thought mm. that she killed him and his daughter. Um, yeah, I I think that there's going to be an additional flashback or some other context. I think uh, Zach McLaren is uh, signed up for two episodes this season. So mm. hopefully we'll have some other kind of flashback to give that context. I think her relationship with Uncle is all tied in with her current condition. Her mom's not in the picture, right? So, like, mm. we, we have questions about what happened to the mom. Uh, was the mom killed? And then that's why William kind of feels indebted. Is that going to be how Echo is kind of flipped, right? Mm. Like, she finds out that the organization she was part of, I think that's going to be Kate's learning curve this, uh, this season, is both of these young women find out that they're part of very corrupt, screwed up organizations that groom them, that force them on this path that they might not have chosen otherwise. And they both lost a parent at a young age as a result of those criminal connections. And I think that might be how they're able to extract themselves from that. Uh, is Kate learns a deeper truth, uh, or Kate learns a deeper truth, and Maya learns a deeper truth about why they are the way they are, and uh, they feel bitter about that. And so then Kate and Maya and Yelena all form a, a cool team of badass girls who fight crime together. Let's make it happen. <laughs> I just want to see a girl team so badly. It'd be so great. Let's um, talk about these trick arrows. So when did Clint get this Pym arrow mm. and these other trick arrows? When did he build this collection? Dude, I freaking, this is literally hands down my favorite moment of the entire episode. I love the Pym arrow. And it really makes me like happy to think that Hank Pym is playing nice. And he's just like, all right, I'll just share a little bit of my tech because there is the whole ass Pym logo 
on the tip, which is yeah. which is basically says that this was sanctioned by Hank Pym. Hank stamped it. Yeah. And so it's just it's so cool seeing that he's just like, all right, the Avenger I'm basically an Avenger now. This is just my life. Um and so I just I'm part I'm pro- he's probably making tech for all the other Avengers, not just Hawkeye, which is really interesting. So I would love to yeah. see more Pym, t- Pym tech being integrated, much like Stark tech was integrated. I'm right, sort of it kind of sounds Avengers. like Pym might have supplanted Stark as the new tinkerer for the Avengers or whoever is now representing the Avengers. It's just fascinating to see his name on there. Uh, it makes us wonder when this happened. It must have been after Endgame, right? Because Hank and Scott were missing throughout the blip. Right. Uh, before that, they were on house arrest right after Civil War up until up until the blip. So there's some kind of period in the years after Endgame where like Hank Pym is hooking up these other ex-Avengers or, you know, retired Avengers with this gear. But I found it interesting that most of the trick arrows, with the exception of the um, explosive one, a lot of them (laughs) were non-lethal, you know? Like Mm. there's like this purple gas that did not knock them out. Like they kind of went, all right. (laughs) Ah, That's too much purple in my lungs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also purple putty, like purple's a weird recurring color with these, mm-hmm. but it also is the color of Hawkeye, so that might have just been a production design choice. Yeah. yeah, this weird like a suction cup one that we saw used. We had the the wire one that co- grabbed all the Christmas trees. Like it felt kind of like Home Alone, like make the bad guys sticky, then stick a bunch <laughs> of Christmas stuff to them to humiliate them. So true. I just like that Clint, like after being Ronin, figured, let's just get more creative with these arrows so that I have other strategies I can use other than just putting an arrow through someone's throat. Oh, yeah, because, like, you know, during that diner scene, like, again, he felt, it seems like he's super remorseful about his time as Ronin, and he doesn't want to kill anymore. So he's probably just yeah. like, all right, suction arrow time, and USB time. <laughs> Hit him yeah. with the USB arrow. <laughs> Why didn't that go through the tracksuit's body? The, air, the <laughs> angle she shot at, it bounced off him. USBs, if you stick this in hard enough into someone's someone's chest at like the at the rate an arrow it's gonna like go through their shirt and skin and plug into them it's gonna hurt it's not gonna go boink like that guy is made of something strong maybe he just has strong pectoral muscles he's just like hey usb can't pierce me that already happened once to me before never again i'll never be pierced (laughs) by a usb arrow again I'm working out. Is he like uh, using the the way that like Kingpin just kind of stuff can bounce off Kingpin? Is he using the same Pilates method that I think so? Let's talk about the Bishop lineage real quickly. Mm. She talked about how her great 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 grandfather constructed this home. Why do you think it was so important for Eleanor to reconstruct their penthouse from 2012 after that building seemed to get wrecked, as opposed to moving to just any other you know multi million dollar penthouse in the midtown area is something in that building that uh kate and eleanor bishop or specifically eleanor bishop doesn't want other people moving in on that's actually a really good thought and maybe it has something to do with the watch because like maybe there's something in that building that the watch can get access to and mm. eleanor is just sort of just like all right i have i found this like i don't know safe or whatever lockbox. I'm going to stay here until I can find the missing piece. There has to be some type of connection or something there that Eleanor finds um, significant. So I'm wondering what that is. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's just uh, gets to the question of real estate in the Manhattan area. Like mm. they brought up last episode that Tony sold Stark slash Avengers Tower to someone. In a roundabout way, 
I feel like a connection to Wilson Fisk, who real estate in Manhattan is everything. That's the whole game, block by block. You know, it's his city. He thinks he can do better with it. I think the fact that they don't want other people to come in and buy that penthouse means that this is like some kind of historic thing. And the, the Bishop family has a historic connection to this turf. And that we saw in the graveyard, Russell Bishop, a headstone in the background, in mm. uh, focus enough that we can make out the name Russell, I don't think Russell was a great, great, great grandfather. That doesn't sound like a 17th century uh, name. Did he have a lot of Russells back then? I don't know. I think we're going to learn more about uh, the Bishop family lineage uh, with the swords, with uh, with who Derek really was and what he was actually trying to do. Kate kind of paints an interesting, like, my father was just trying to help people and... I don't think that's the case. I, I think we're going to find out that her father was kind of a dirtbag or just mixed up with some bad people. Yeah, her father definitely has some secrets or something that Eleanor is trying to exploit. So I'm very interested to see yeah. what he's all about. Well, that is it for this episode of Inside Marvel. We're going to be back next week with our reaction to episode four, uh, which I believe will be... No, it'll just be another uh, episode that, you know... Uh, but every episode has, like, revealed more and more. Uh, Trin Tran said that episode five is her favorite of the series. Oh. But I think the finale of episode four, it's going to be like with uh, Loki, right? The finale of episode four, he wakes up in the void and he sees the alternate Lokis. I think we're going to get some twist at the end of that episode that makes episode five a stunner. Allig um, Alligator so Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Every episode yeah. four just ends with an alligator variant of whatever event. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't forget to check out our many merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow NewRockStars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching. And we'll close with our second favorite moment of the episode. Sorry, Santa.